0: Welcome everyone to the Analytic Mind Podcast by Enterprise DNA. This is a podcast which dives into a range of different ideas and tips to empowering a data-led culture within organizations. We want you to develop the analytic mind to create immense value for yourself and your teams. Okay, everyone, welcome to the Analytic Mind Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Anurud Kuthiala, and real pleasure to have you on board on on the podcast today, Anurud. I, I think you go by the name of Ani as well. Is that is that right? Correct. Nice one. Okay. Cool. Um, now you are currently working at Groupon, which is a which is a really fascinating company, and I think that you're actually working in a super fascinating space in the real time and streaming analytics. And so this is not actually a topic that we have covered much in, on the podcast before. So I'm. You know, really excited to dive into a little bit more about how you go about this, how you got into the role, like how you got, you know, how you found your way into this space uh, in the analytics area, and then just many more things that we can organically go to. So, why don't I just uh, throw to you, and you give us uh, much better uh, backgrounds uh, around uh, what you've done in the past, what you're doing now, uh, and then we can just go from there.
1: Sure. Thanks for having me, Sam. I'm delighted to be here. Well, uh, like you said, I am uh, Anirudh Kutiyala I am a senior manager for real-time analytics in Groupon. I have a career spanning over 15 years and 11 years just dedicated to reporting and analytics. Till date, the potential data holds to decision-making. I'm attracted to that. The okay. potential of transforming data into knowledge because more knowledge you have, more confident You are in taking a decision and that is wired into me. So everything that I do is towards that quest. I just want to enable data-driven decision-making, whatever that takes, whatever challenges or barriers I encounter, I would just try to find solutions because in the end, my end objective is data-driven decision-making. It leads me to do some of the foundational work. Interestingly, and we can talk about it much later, how to produce data there are so many times that you want to do stuff but you are roadblocked because you don't have the data that you need to look at another angle of your insights of your findings so that's also something that i am slowly learning and that's why i would go outside the traditional reporting and analytics role or domain and you know start collaborating with technology leaders engineering Mm -hmm. product to just go to the source and see how we can produce data Now, everything I've done so far, I can segment it into three main categories, namely customer experience, merchant experience, and employee performance management. I started as an analyst myself, whatever I've learned over the years on how different stakeholder groups require different insights, their consumption varies across different functions, but One thing common between all of them is whatever they need is feeding into a bigger objective, which is your company's objectives or goals. That is something that I enjoy gaining a deeper understanding of how different groups consume data, what is their demand about data and how do they end up consuming it. That's that's kind of the playground I enjoy being in. For the past three years, Uh, One of my prime focuses is to introduce stream analytics and its potential to data consumers in my org, developing an infrastructure to transform thousands of events per second into actionable intelligence. And I'll repeat that, not just for your information number out there, a big one, but something that you can react to, Mm. you can use and take an action. This led me to form a strong bridge between product operations and engineering in my team. This also led me to create a new function that didn't exist before. I call it real-time monitoring. This is where the solutions we've been able to design to provide. We have helped our data consumers navigate through some of the traditional challenges on data. Namely, I don't have access to this data or can I get this sooner? Or what if I had access to this a day before I could have avoided a snowball effect? Again, it comes to risk mitigation. But in the end, it's about if you had access to something a bit sooner, what would you have done? And would you have done something differently? If yes is one of the answers to these questions, stream analytics is something for you. And it's like Mm. you said, it's fairly new. Not many people are familiar with it, and I can testify to that because when we, when I interview to hire people for my team, the technology for stream analytics, let's say, when you Google it, Microsoft Azure dominates the search results, but you also have other names uh, in data ingestion like Splunk, like Elk by Elastic. Uh, you have a lot of log applications out there. People who've been working in that space are mainly on the tech side, engineering, IT, because event monitoring is not new. In an IT space, event monitoring is there. In engineering space, you have access to real-time data because that's how you debug. When you're testing a website, when you're testing a feature on an application, you plug in a change and then you go back and look at the real-time data. You don't wait for data to come next day. So availability of real-time data is there. It's just how can we use it to something more than what it has been used for so far. So. I always enjoy when I can connect analytics to technology is because that's, that's a potential that I'm working towards unleashing each day.
0: Yeah, I am really fascinated in diving into this particular area of analytics because it is, it is, is relatively new. Like the first time I even heard about stream analytics was on Microsoft Azure when they sort of announced it as a separate platform. And I haven't really actually personally dived into it that much further. And it seems like it seems like you certainly have, and I presume that you were in, you're you're in a business, you're in a you're in a company where this is actually quite relevant, right? Because you know it's a basically it's a a web marketplace really, and or, 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 or similar similar to that, uh, where everything that is going on on your website is super important, like in a real time basis. I mean, you don't want to walk in tomorrow and realize that you, there were some errors on your pages yesterday, and your merchants weren't able to get any sales, or your your sales that you had were nothing close to what you thought because people just couldn't access the, that part of the website. So I presume, I presume that is some of the stuff that you are, you are analyzing, like, you know, how many people are opening emails, how many people are clicking on specific links and emails, what are they doing on the website when they get there? You know, and, and that stuff really fascinates me because that is, that is becoming um, so prevalent across all businesses, right? Because everyone's got some online component and they want to learn about, they need to know about this stuff, but to actually put this all together um, is, is, is still quite difficult. And so that's the sort of stuff I'd love to be able to get into a little bit, a little bit more, but hopefully I'm on the right track. I mean, you, you, you let me know if, if, if I'm not. No, absolutely. Cool. So let's, let's dive into it a little bit more. So, Okay, so you're, you're, at, you're at Groupon. Obviously, you've got millions of data points like on a daily basis across like, various aspects of the business. Um, I presume you've got f- phone calls, you've got um, website data, you've got email metrics. And so what, in your mind, got you thinking, hey, this is actually a huge opportunity for us to generate more value from this data?
1: It started with uh, probably three years ago, our engineers were designing a product It's more like a co-pilot. So whenever a customer or a merchant contacts us, the key information that you need to give a solution to the customer, let it be on phone call, let it be on chat, over email, or even social media, this product was servicing that need. And it was a fairly new idea. It was a fairly new product. I, being from traditionally reporting and analytics, I was plugged in to, to evaluate First of all, monitor the adoption of that product, but then evaluate the effectiveness of that product. Like anything you roll out, you want to have reporting set up to know if this product is doing what it's supposed to. And those success evaluating parameters are predefined. That's why it exists in the first place. So that's where I, I came in and I remember visiting uh, this site where we were sitting with engineers and uh, in a traditional environment in data, companies have, there is one thing called stream analytics, which is ongoing flow of data, but other aspect is batch analysis. In other words, that is you consume data once a day in your enterprise data warehouse you have different applications use apis and bring data to your data warehouse once a day or at regular intervals but not streaming that's what would batch analysis would mean now in order to do that there are guardrails set there are processes that you need to follow and rightfully so it also takes a while to ingest new source of data into your data warehouse because there is gdpr in there there are so many security parameters it has to go through testing staging so i happened to be in that room where these guys were talking about how is it fetching information from different sources this one product and that got me thinking that wait a minute so you're going to x to fetch five fields can you fetch two more and i remember the expression of this guy I was like yeah sure and that just kind of boom You're telling me that you can produce more data that so far I've been thinking is a blocker because I can't connect two data points. And then I remember just going back to my desk and just writing nonstop for 20 minutes on all the problems that are on top of my mind right now. Can I talk to these guys to produce more data? Once I have that data, these guys introduced me to logs. And by logs are semi-structured data in JSON, which an application or a device or a sensor, like anything produces. So whatever they were creating, they were going to a log platform and checking, debugging. Somebody clicked on this and is this producing this behavior and all of that. And that got me fascinated because they were doing something and they were able to look at that impact real time. And that got me thinking on, it will be very useful to monitor how, to begin with, how this product is being used by the targeted population, let's say agents that are servicing our customers and merchants. And that was one of the things that is important because like you said, so many contacts coming in, you don't want to find out if something went wrong next day in a traditional batch analysis. If something is wrong, especially if it's an experiment, if it's an A-B testing, you would want to know what's happening now. And once you develop that functionality to know what's happening now, that also helps you think one step ahead on if this happens, this is my kill switch. Like I would roll back this feature because what it's supposed to do, it's maybe not doing it. That's when I, I started talking to my team. It was a new domain for us. So one of the uphill battles was let's learn a new language. So we were working with Splunk. At that time, Splunk has its own language called SPL. It is similar if you can write SQL. I mean, it just takes a little bit of practice, but you could transform data on the go with Splunk. So I had my team, talked about it a few days. We started it, we learned it from engineers because they were doing it. Uh, We started researching more, researching more, and without the data reaching our enterprise data warehouse, we were able to look at what's happening with that tool right now. I was able to connect it to key performance indicators of, let's say, chat performance, productivity, average handle time, are customers being responded to in timely manner. There is also an NLP function, text analytics, sentiment. All of this, this opened up doors to so many things that you could tap into live. And then naturally, the next step is when you tap into live, It's also important to define what will you do if X happens, like it's okay to define those thresholds. Like if this number ranges between this to this, it's fine. But if it goes below this or above this, that standard operating procedure is what I learned is equally important because today when you talk to anyone and say, what if I show you live what's going on right now? And I have never met anybody who would say, I don't want to know. Everybody wants to tap into that technology. Sure. Great. But then the next question is, okay, what are you going to do with it? How would you consume that data? We all Mm -hmm. see uh, big dashboards out there where you have big numbers and it's moving. And it's probably, let's say a key performance indicator, right? Let's talk about traffic on a website. It's showing hundreds and thousands of customers. And If you look at it for a couple of days, you get a sense of, okay, this is what this number ranges for. But now if it's dropped, making it up, let's say it's 100,000 and it's not dropped to 80,000. Do you know why? Because if you don't know what to do when that number drops, that kind of creates panic and rightfully so, because you've just been consuming a number. It's equally important to know what causes that number to go up or down. That's where analytics, Is important. You cannot venture into stream analytics without having a solid foundation in reporting analytics. Like whenever it comes to data, right? There are basically four questions that everybody asks. The very first question is: what happened? This is reporting, hardcore reporting. First, insight into data. What happened yesterday, day before yesterday? What is the trend over the year? Once anybody gets that answer. Then the next question they ask it, why did it happen? Why did this number go up or down? What's causing it? What are the factors? So that's the root cause analysis. This is the heavy lifting. Everybody is involved in this and not just analysts, even product managers or program managers or even operational leaders. Something that they're evaluated on, their performance, they know usually what are the top leading indicators when something is going up or down. They have an idea. But once you establish what are your leading indicators, what causes something to go up or down, that's where stream analytics comes into picture because you got to monitor your key performance indicator and then the leading indicators. Because mm. if your big number is moving up or down, you need to know what is causing it to move up or down, especially if you've established confidence that these are your top leading indicators. And uh, Hmm. that's when, when you're ready for that, that's when the third question comes in, what is happening now? So the first question, what happened? Why did it happen? What is happening now is where uh, stream analytics comes into picture. And then uh, a very popular question lately is also what will happen? Predictive analytics. I, 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 uh, I had a, experience in what happened and why did it happen. With this new technology that I was suddenly made aware of, now I wanted to use that to answer what is happening now, because Mm. that's where I could help my org avoid a snowball effect. And Mm. not just website traffic, right? Uh, I, I started targeting different business verticals. So, you have workforce management where uh, you always have forecasting accuracy, staffing levels, service levels, volumes. Uh, you have operations, like you said, uh, traffic for sure. But then you also have back end operations. What's the volume that's coming? Uh, traffic, pilots, experiments. Uh, if I've rolled out a feature or a product, what's the adoption? What's the availability of that product? Mm-hmm. Uh, when you talk about uh, data science, I, I, I heard an episode uh, and I believe the guest's name was Alex. He was talking about mindset. He said, creating a model is good, but it is equally important to monitor the performance of that model, the confidence intervals. Because if people are depending on that model to take decisions it's very critical for you to know model is healthy. It's it's spitting out forecasting that's healthy. The moment it goes down, you've got to react. Mm. That's where stream analytics is also mm. important. And then uh, engineering already uses it. Like they use it to look at app performance, logs, and everything. And then in mm. the end, you could go to execs of your org. They they can use that to know the pulse of the business. So I attacked what. Yeah one by one, because remember, like you said, this is fairly new. So it takes a mm. while for me and my stakeholders to connect the dots. And here's how I'm thinking that this would mm. help you.
0: Yeah, that's great. I mean, you covered so many great, great points there. And, and just one at the end that you, you you mentioned and how I sort of think about this is, is that you're really measuring if you can build this up with sort of streaming in real time, you're really measuring the pulse, the live pulse of your organization, the heartbeat of your organization, what really, you know, you're able to monitor what really is driving uh, your, your strategic initiatives, what's working, what isn't working, and you're just able to do it in a much quicker timeframe. And so just to simplify, you know, what streaming analytics actually is, is that most of us who work with traditional analytics tools are usually working on sort of like a batch analytics. Work workflow where things are updating maybe once a day or three times a day or something like that. But real time is you're just getting this live feed basically of, of, of your data. So you can actually see if someone's on your website right at that time and what they're clicking on, so on and so forth. So following on from that, what is the sort of technical difference? Like the, sorry, the tech technology difference that you need with say streaming versus batch? Because I know for one thing is this concept of compute being super expensive, right? And and I've had personal experience with, with, with this. And how are you overcoming that, you know, the, the, the sort of like compute side to deliver a stream analytics project that has a solid um, ROI?
1: Once I realized that logs, semi-structured data, is produced by applications that we have, most companies have both third-party and in-house applications. So Groupon also has a portfolio of both in-house and third-party applications. So let's talk about in-house first. That's where collaboration with engineering is important because you just first, before you even think about real-time monitoring, you have to think about the data that you need to prepare those dashboards and give that continuous intelligence to your stakeholders. Does that data exist? What you're thinking on your concept before you put it into practice? First, go back to the source where engineers have designed applications or if it's a third party, you talk to the engineers with that, like your CRMs, Salesforce, or there are so many others out there. Once you can get a confirmation from your team that this data exists, that's your first and most important checkpoint. Then you start thinking about how can they forward that data on a streaming basis. The big names out there are Kafka by Apache. Kafka is designed, and it's an open source, uh, is designed to ingest streaming data. There are so many other names, but let's talk about Kafka. It can ingest data. And from there, then you really, it depends if it's Microsoft Azure. I haven't had any experience working with Microsoft Azure, but it's a full suite of offerings out there. So the decision that a company should take is do we get a product which gives you the full stack as in it also helps you ingest it also helps you build dashboards or if you have real-time data flowing in somewhere or capability to forward that real-time data somewhere then you really got to take a call on do you get a product out of the box solution or because you're new to this you want to try building it yourself. And by that, I don't mean extensive building, but if you can ingest data, then the second step is, can you transform it on the go? Uh, we use Elk by Elastic, ELK Stash hands for Elastic Search, LogStash, and Kibana. LogStash is where the transformation of data happens on the go. Very, If I translate that to SQL, assume that the data is coming live into Microsoft SQL Server, and you've written an SQL code to join it to different sources and manipulate it and let's say extract seconds out of a timestamp, all of that manipulation. So your data is flowing and your end result, your output is whatever you've written that SQL code for. And once you have that output, what you can do is put that in a dashboard in a consolidated manner that basically is an insight that would go to your end user. So to start here, first is just ensure you got the data that you need. That's why talk to your engineers see what data is produced. If it is not produced, don't forget to ask, can they do it or not? Because don't assume that it does not exist. I'm never going to have it. Go one step ahead. It also helps to to read a little bit about APIs, about what they do. It's important, especially when you are reaching out to third-party vendors for your CRM or whatever, it's good to see what fields can the API produce by those. And, uh, Once you check the first stage and okay, data is there, then you really got to think about how can you do that? I've also seen just to test this concept, you could also set up your own Microsoft SQL server and just forward data live to that. The biggest problem with streaming data is size. That's why a lot of these platforms have a data retention. Could be five days, could be 10, could be 15. Because remember, It's not important to have everything that you have in your enterprise data warehouse live also. There's no value in having all of that. And if you really wanted to look at something five days ago, why would you want to look at it from a platform that's designed to give you live data? You can always go to your traditional enterprise data warehouse and look at that data. So if you pass that sizing of the data, it's pretty doable. But uh, you could just set it up with forwarding your data live to let's say microsoft sql server you can install it on your desktop or laptop create that as a server and just test it Mm -hmm. because before and let's just say to the listeners right if you're thinking about it and it involves investment before you go with that you've got to create a prototype you've got to be confident that okay if we do this 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 here's what i can do with it and beyond the concept it just helps you test that how to interact with live data it's It's just the same data that we're used to dealing with, but in a batch environment. You're just processing it live right now. There's not much difference. The data literacy Mm -hmm. is already there. It's not new data. It is what you've been Mm -hmm. used to. It's just you need to decide out of whatever you've been using for, what is important to service life or add a lag of few minutes to your stakeholders.
0: Yeah. So just diving into that a little bit more, I'm just trying to conceptualize it for the, for, for the listeners. So basically, you know, on, on a traditional piece of analysis, you would, you know, we, we, what we're really talking about here is changing up the pipes, the pipes between say your analytics tool and um, your, your data source and how we structure those pipes is basically the difference between just standard analytics versus real-time analytics, standard analytics, we do by batches, so you you sort of let a batch through, then you put down sort of like a gate, and then you everything sort of like builds up, and then you let another batch through. And I presume we do that because for cost reasons, probably historical technical technology reasons. But now there's a bil- ability to have an open pipe, just a pipe that's constantly streaming, constant data is flowing every time there's a data point that can just flow down this pipe, and there's no gate, there's no there's no t- um, time that we we sort of stop the flow. So technically. How come? Like, what is the main difference between these two pipes? Like, is one way more expensive than the other, or is there sort of just like, is it just different technology is 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 building this one pipe versus another pipe? Like, do you know sort of like the sort of main differences? I think that would be really interesting to sort of clear that up.
1: The sources are the same. You're bringing in the same data from the same application. Now, in batch, you ping that API, let's say once a day. In real time, you're pinging it constantly. Let's say every minute, every five minutes, you define that interval and that's it. So your user interface, so when you build a dashboard, it's usually on Power BI, Tableau, or there are other data visualization tools, right? That's for batch. For real time, you need a different interface. And there are a lot of open source products out there. Like Elk, I know is one you don't need to with limited size of data. Even Splunk with limited size of data, you can just go ahead and uh, set that up. So the source remains the same. What you're doing in batch analysis and pinging the API, asking it to send you data once a day for a rolling one day or two day. In real time, you're asking the same API to give me data every five minutes. Now, mm-hmm. again, it depends on the applications that you're working with. Some applications have a limit. Of API, let's say they cannot do more than 5,000 calls a day. So that means you cannot consume data every second. But then I would always challenge like, do you need data every second? What difference does it make, especially when you're starting, what difference does it make if it's at a lag of five minutes? Sure, if you're in banking, stock market, yes, every second matters. But depending on your industry, five minutes, even 10 minutes is okay.
0: Right. So, okay. So, in some cases, just speeding, like having a lot more batches at a five-minute interval, can be classified also as sort of stream analytics. Absolutely. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay. And uh, yeah. Okay. You no, know, that, uh, that that certainly I think clears it up a, a little bit. Now, on the um, visualization side, so obviously we want to get this into some good visualizations or or, or be able to tell a story around uh, around the real-time information. And so, what are you finding are the best tools? to be able to do that like is it can you use just use excel can you use power bi tableau other other tools you know to to create some nice visualizations or just ways for the decision makers to be able to understand exactly what's going on
1: so we use elk stack so we don't use we have tableau but we don't use that for streaming data it's more for batch okay. for stream right. we have elk k is for kibana in elk and that's the dashboarding tool It's just like any other dashboard uh, making tool. You have a pipeline and you just kind of put it all together in a dashboard. That's what Kibana does. Elk also has other features like something called Canvas. Again, making it beautiful because we've we've all seen the James Bond movies where there is real-time data, but the visualization is pretty old school. So if somebody is going to be looking at a dashboard multiple times a day, might as well make it pretty but it's not as extensive as Tableau. I will also add that it has limitations, but things like tree maps, things like big numbers, tables, line graphs, trends, it could do all of that. So I use Kibana. Again, it's open source. We put that dashboard out there and then we can share that link, just like you would share any dashboard with your stakeholders that if you want to do, or if you want to access what's happening now, and uh, which I also want to talk about, alerting is the next part. But Want to know what's happening right now? Kibana is what we use to surface that insight real time for stakeholders.
0: Great. You know what would be great to go into? I think now is are you able to give one or a few examples of where you've had huge wins around streaming analytics? Like where where you've created like like real examples of where you feel where you feel you've created huge value with stream analytics versus Just say traditional analytics.
1: Sure. So one of the early wins we had was tapping into the chat data for our customers. So whenever customers contact us, you have frontline agents across the globe, I might add, communicating with the customers Mm -hmm. and tapping into that live data is available from the tool that gives us that ability to chat the CRM. But the restriction in such scenarios is that you only get the data for that application. And like I said, if you have another application, if you want to connect it back to, let's say, something as simple as a tenure of an agent, new hires need more supervision than tenured ones, right? So, in order for you to just connect it to your tenure, that's where this helps is I can take data from multiple sources, just like we do traditionally, and just join it together. In You do it in Enterprise Data Warehouse, I would follow the same in Elk. And we tapped into that and we were able to show, okay, this is my service level. You could tap, You could really, really go quickly into a country. If something spiked up, let's say, you we call them anomalies, right? We're, we're familiar with that term. Everything is going okay. And then you have a small spike here. You Mm. could just select that spike and it filtered down the dashboard. And then you can look down to chat level, to Mm. agent level, country, to even time. And you would be able to drill down to a specific chat or chat ID to say, okay, this is where, or this is the root cause of that spike. That's Mm. That's where I was amazed because when I built this dashboard and I used to take this like an offering, I went to workforce management first and I said, I can put all of that, that right now you browse, you have access to, I'm not going to lie to you, you have access to, but you have to go to multiple places. So the effort that is invested in accessing all of this data, I can just put it front of you in one single dashboard. And... It is connected to the other sources also. So not just that application, but I can plug in data for multiple applications. In the end, workforce management is interested to know service levels, to know how many agents are available to answer chats, what's my contact flow. I could could put all of that into one single dashboard and go to them. And again, the very first benefit is looking at a bird's eye view of chat operations in one single place chat operations. Yeah. That was the first of the early wins. Uh, I Mm -hmm. went to workforce management. I put in all the key data that workforce analysts or managers would need to have the pulse of the chat business.
0: Yeah, I love uh, that.
1: I would put all of that in one dashboard and I went to them and said, here, you can do X, Y, Z and 10 more things just from one dashboard. So, The very first thing, I I got into the psychology of it because, and I will get into uh, more of that a bit later, but I realized that people have access to the same data. So it's not data access with streaming that they're after. It has to be less effort also. If the effort invested to fetch the same data is, let's say, three minutes every time you want to find out 10 things, what if I, I can reduce it down to just five seconds? put it all in one place and say, here you go. It's live. If you keep it open, it keeps refreshing every one minute. You would know what's going on. And if something looks off to you, you can quickly drill down. You can react to it within a minute, depending on how you define your standard operating procedure. That got really good feedback. And from then, I went on to product So we roll out a a lot of features. So I remember this experiment where we were trying to surface our frequently asked questions section uh, by the keywords that my customers typed. It was a contextual experiment. And uh, because of the sheer volume that customers come on Groupon website and they want help, if something is not working, you do not want to find out next day. Because by that time, A lot of customers would have gone through poor experience which we do not want at all so that's where Mm -hmm. i could pitch stream analytics to product managers and my leaders and saying okay let's go ahead i will create a dashboard tell me what are we evaluating the effectiveness of this feature with what's the success parameter let's go ahead and put that in a dashboard let's have it refreshed every one minute and I challenged them to tell me that if this number drops below what you define it, then we roll that back because that's the main benefit we want to drive here. You want to take a decision on the go, not Mm. step. And we were able to roll back that experiment in six hours because we saw a bug. We were able to find a bug which could have a downstream impact, like I say, a snowball effect, Mm. who knows how how bad, how many uh, customers would have been impacted by that poor experience but we were able to scale that Mm. back six hours so that is where again one of the earliest wins but more I did that, more I worked with stakeholders with projects like these, more I was able to establish the credibility and the importance of stream analytics so it slowly Mm. transitioned why would we do that to can we also do that and that's, that's what I enjoyed because uh, you gave them one solution. They would start thinking on where else could they use a similar because they saw the power of decision-making on the go.
0: Yeah, I, I love hearing examples like that. And I, I also like how you've almost been quite entrepreneurial uh, yourself internally within, within the business, right? You've seen that there's an opportunity to, to generate value with analytics projects, a, a, a sort of a niche analytics project with Stream. And uh, and you've gone out and you've pitched you've pitched your idea to stakeholders and then they've seen the value and then you've you've, you've sort of just moved on from there and I think that is a great framework for others in organisations that you know don't just sit there and uh, accept the data that's coming to you. There's opportunities to actually be a bit more creative and a bit more entrepreneurial and actually showcase the value. Actually, really think deeply about the data. Think deeply about what information is being generated by all parts of your business and think, okay, well, if I can get hold of some of this data, I can create a proof of concept. I can create some sort of a model and and, and draft dashboard, put that mm. in front of some stakeholders. And, and then we can just iterate from there and go from there. And that's how you're going to get more investment. Others are going to see the, the, the benefits a lot quicker that way. And I think that's a super framework. Um, so yeah, really appreciate you share, sharing those. Any, anything else to add on that?
1: Sure. And thank you, Sam, for bringing that because what this led me to create... Uh, was a lab environment in my team. Mm-hmm. Whereas brave mm-hmm. attempts, ideas, concepts, let's go ahead and test them. If they work, let's go ahead and scale them up, improve them, and roll that out to a larger population. If they don't, let's go ahead and learn why it did not do that post mortem and then just move on. This approach had so many benefits within my team, the thinking. Changed because now we were approaching problem solving proactively. Nobody is asking us to do XYZ. We were plugged into brainstorming and what are the bigger problems that are being faced. And we were trying to find solutions on how we can solve those or build foundations that would lead to solving those problems. That is amazing because as a stakeholder, traditionally, if you go and talk to your analytical team and say, I want to be able to do X, Y, Z, here's where I need your help. And you would say, okay, you would probe and then there's a back and forth and you deliver. But then imagine you're a stakeholder and I just walk up to you and say, hey, I know about this problem and how this is impacting. How about we try X, Y, Z, because I think that would be able to help us solve A, B, C. As a stakeholder, you're delighted because you didn't ask for anything. Somebody just offered Here's how I can solve the problem that you're facing. And that was a direct result of the lab. We started operating proactively.
0: Yeah, I I, I am a huge fan of, of that thought process and the opportunities for those who, who really want to go out and, and showcase their own personal value is huge in the analytics space. I mean, there's just like it just it's absolutely endless what you what value you can create, what what you can analyze, you know, different ways you can look at raw data like information that's sort of flowing around your business you know being able to you know, as an analyst uh, you' you're able to really produce the pulse of what is going on because the pulse you know, data is is the you know is the pulse you know basically like it, it is what is going on in your uh, in your organization and and that flows that, that also contains and what I would also sort of put in that basket is what is what you already sort of track and what data is already generated. But even if you think outside the box and think about what data you could generate, you know, and I think that's a part of, that's a part of um, being a quality analyst as well, because, you know, there's, you you could maybe say, okay, we need more information on our customers. Okay. Let's have a survey that pop that a survey pop up on the website and try and try and get some data from that. Maybe we could, um, have a quick uh, survey at the end of a chat discussion and 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 collate the data that way and then be able to analyze that. So there's, thinking creatively, I think, is a, is a really big part of being in, being in the sort of analytical space these days.
1: Might I add, once our stakeholders are familiar with stream analytics, they will keep asking for more and more, which is a great sign that their consumption is now increasing. They want this. Mm. But then again, going back to effort, you do not want to keep four dashboards open live Humanly, it's not possible to consume that information into. That's where alerting is to be complemented with stream analytics. Because remember, going back to why did it happen? If you know what causes your key performance indicator to spike or to drop, you define thresholds, set up alerting for those thresholds. So Mm. choose the right recipients. Think about building an early warning system within operations that when you know that Most of the times when XYZ happens, this is what it results to downstream. If you are confident in that correlation, go ahead and set up an early warning system. That's where alerting plays a key role. And we went one step ahead, not just bringing alerting or introducing this to users who have never experienced alerting in their work environment as in in operations. We also went ahead and started tracking the effectiveness of an alerting because when I alert you, you're supposed to do something. There is a stream of actions after you get alert. I started tapping into the data of what are those actions and then I could calculate from the time that I alerted, what is your turnaround time? to action on that. Because all of this, in the end, it comes down to, okay, what's the value add of stream analytics? And uh, rather than connecting it down to a dollar value, take it step by step. Before you go to key performance indicator, let's look at improving a leading indicator, a correlational metric. So if I send an alert, here's the time that usually a recipient takes to action that. And then you go back to brainstorming to the whiteboard with your stakeholders, Is this, are we okay with this? Is this operationally our capability? Yes, great. No, can we improve it? They would come up with an action plan. You use the same monitoring to monitor the trends on, okay, it used to be making it up 30 hours before. Now it's down to 15, 16. And the same is when you start seeing benefits on the other matrix. And Hmm. interestingly, when I started talking about stream analytics to, people i realized that everybody's excited about consuming real-time data but again went into the psychology of it it was not about leveraging this technology it was about change management because traditionally you are used to consuming data once a day and then your stream of actions start i'm asking you to consume that multiple times during the day and take decisions on the go and interestingly started researching, reading about it, I realized that humans are are used to consuming real-time data much before computers started. Time is one variable on your watch. If it's 8 a.m., that's your event, breakfast time. 8.30, you got to leave for work. And we are also familiar with alerting alarms. 6 a.m., that's an alert. And As a person, you know that when this alert comes, your next stream of action is get up, take a shower, meditation, breakfast, get ready, and then go, right? Mm -hmm. So as humans, we are wired to perform a set of actions after an event. So with stream analytics, you could use the same theory, but it's important to define that stream of actions because execution is not a problem or a challenge. It's mainly what to do when something goes wrong. Because when you're looking at real-time data, there will be times what you're looking at is not normal, is an anomaly. It's very important to define what to do when that happens. Because if your standard operating procedure is defined properly, that's when there is value of avoiding a downstream impact
0: i I really appreciate your deep thinking on the subject and and so I, I think of it as like second level thinking where you're actually really thinking about you know not just the analytics piece but you're thinking about the behavioral the behavioral aspect of what you're actually doing what what impact you are having and and i I generally I, I really like thinking like that about lots of things you know like if something is going on in the economy you're just like oh okay what is the deeper level what's what, what's the deeper analysis that you can do as to why this is happening and i think that is um, a really good framework a really good way to you know to keep keep your mind fresh and and, and to to and to really try and understand build frameworks around around why things are actually happening or why things happen as they do so to so really appreciate your insight there. And and also like what you described really gets me quite excited about what you can do with just general analytics. Okay? Not, not just talking about stream here, but just the fact that you can, you know, like I've got my phone here, right? Like there's nothing stopping any business creating okay, just with like a Power BI model. Power BI is where obviously we have got the focus with my business, but you can create a Power BI model and then you can overlay Power Automate, which can... Uh, look at for an alert it can send you a text message it can send you an email with some specific wording and you know all of that stuff has just never been possible you know until very very recently and it's been democratized like crazy over the last like 3 to 5 years and i think you know with you know, the evolution of stream analytics and the wider adoption the costs are going to keep coming down and it's just going to be democratized more so it's super exciting about you know, the possibilities here. I mean, it's exciting now, but like, you just think in the future, it's just going to be like absolutely crazy, the the, the opportunities.
1: It's an excellent point uh, you bring, Sam, because one important key takeaway from alerting is you don't need real-time data to alert. You can build an early warning system even in a batch processing environment because the idea, the objective here is to avoid a snowball effect, a bigger downstream effect. So if you really want to start, you could just use your data, define your thresholds and set up alerting. And uh, uh, in my experience, like we work with Tableau, Tableau has a subscription feature. How about you go ahead and update your dashboard that just gives you the list of instances that need attention and you subscribe it at 7 a.m. every morning. Something that I've been working on uh, lately is this concept of a morning brew, like a newspaper. So you could just send an email of things that need attention to Mm. a distro, whereas you don't need to go to different dashboards or emails, just like a newspaper, consume that and Mm. your stream of actions start from there. Could be a morning or an evening brew, haven't decided, but it opens Mm. up so many possibilities when you really get into leveraging technology to its fullest Mm. extent
0: today. I love. I love that. It's, it's almost like an, an email newsletter, but it's actually on like data-related topics. Yeah, yeah. I think that's and and, and it sort of is dynamic. It changes every day based on what is actually uh, relevant to a specific person or what is actually relevant to the business on 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 anything that's happening with their their data. And man, uh, just the way you talked about it then was 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 got got me really thinking. Actually, like that that is that is the next evolution, isn't it? Like there's you know just just making data even more immersive uh, than, than it is right now. And then having looks, lots of different ways that you can ingest data as a as a person. You know, like you can look at a dashboard and filter the dashboard, but maybe you just want to be able to like log in and, into your phone and see all of the like like key indicators. Maybe you actually just want a text message when something interesting happens. Like there's just going to be all, all all of these different options, which I think is, man. I mean, and most of those are actually possible now. It's just a, It's just a I'm matter stupid. of like, piecing together the stack to make it happen.
1: And it's taking that first step, like establishing confidence that you got this, like you could use this X, Y, Z. One of the things I've been working as a leader with my team is conditioning the analyst behavior because sometimes where it is overlooked is everything that we create, it's an analyst. So a Tableau dashboard is as good as analysts' knowledge of Tableau. He or she might know more, but if their Tableau knowledge is restrictive, they can't, because Tableau is what your end users consume information with, right? So if they're not skilled in Tableau, then the message, the storytelling that they want to would suffer is because they're restricted by that. And more importantly, again, I believe it was in one of your episodes before where it was about design thinking. I believe where I really enjoyed listening to that, where is I, st- I started following the same. I encourage my team to ask requesters questions about why do you need this? Uh, what decisions is this going to drive? What is the end objective? These might look like simple questions, but it considers, it, it takes on some serious thought. And something that I enjoyed reading about, which I'm going to experiment myself, is there's a technique called five whys. I think it was created by the, by the person who created Toyota, 1930s. It's just asking why five times with the adding in the context of the other. So if somebody says, I want this, why? So that I can do okay. this. Then you shape that question into, okay, why, why? That just helps you get that context. And that's what I wanted to do with my team is plug them into problem solving. I want to evaluate themselves by the value that they are, not by what they supply, because that's the expensive cycle to be in. You want to give your stakeholders what you need, what they need, not what what they want. And that is important. Once you break out of that, that's where It's fun collaborating. And we've had successes with that. Whereas now it's not like I want this, this, this dashboard. It should be showing matrix like this. Please give it to me. Let's collaborate. Let's go back to the drawing board and understand why. What are you trying to get at? Because the moment analysts are a part of brainstorming and problem solving, that's where proactiveness kickstarts. Because then they start thinking on doing XYZ to solve more than one problem at once. And curiosity, like big fan, that's where learning starts. Mm. So trying yeah. to encourage those behaviors is key too, especially in the analytical community.
0: Yeah. I love that. I love, I love, I love the way you think, think about things and, and, and explain it. It uh, makes a lot of sense. Okay. So we're, we're, we're basically at the hour here. So I, I think we're, we're really at last thoughts. Like, is there, is there any, is there any final things that, that you would, be, that, that you think would be of interest or around your experience and what you're doing, or maybe even just some of the, the opportunities that you see out there in the analytics space?
1: Well, again, to me, just theoretically, like if you become aware of something out there, a new technology, like don't be scared to pursue that. Don't be scared to test that is because you never know what benefit. You will bring. I will again end that with an analogy analogy that I yeah. use with my team is in a city where there is only road travel, all the solutions that anybody thinks of would factor in the time it takes to go from point A to B in a car or a train, right? Is because there's road travel. But the moment I tell that person, wait a minute, there's something called an aeroplane as well, your perspective changes on O, oh, so you could solve the same problem much more efficiently and by the way while you're at it you could solve a lot more problems that you never thought you could solve with let's say road travel here so technology and different tools and offerings out there is just like that aeroplane you just need to be aware of what potential they bring in because once you have that clarity once you know what let's say here an aeroplane can do you would start thinking on how you can best leverage it to solve a problem that you have, that's the first step. That's where I would encourage all our listeners and everybody else who I worked with is don't be afraid to take that step. And that lab environment is important. Failure is necessary because you learn from it. Important is you learn from it. Again, if you think something mm-hmm. is going to help, don't be afraid to pursue that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. It's really entrepreneurial thinking. I think that's a good a good theme that's sort of come out of uh, of our discussion. So. Anarud, thanks so much for, for joining me on the, on the podcast today. It's been super to have you on. And you've, you've, you've had a lot of like really unique insights that we haven't really discussed before. So so I know this is going to be super valuable to all those who um, tune into the podcast. So, so thanks for being with us.
1: Well, thanks a lot, Sam, for having me and wish you all the best.
0: That's great. Okay, everyone. Thanks for tuning into the uh, Analytic Mind podcast. Don't forget to subscribe at, on on your favorite uh, listening app. We 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 blast this everywhere, so you know Spotify, Apple, etc. So definitely subscribe for all the updates in the future and give us some feedback as well. I'm happy to hear from you and love to you know see what you're getting out of uh, you know if you're getting a lot out of the, out of the content and the ideas that we're sharing here. I know myself, I personally am. So I hope I hope you are too. So uh, we'll leave it there. Thanks again, Anarut. All the best, everyone. Okay, take care. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. It's great to be connected and I hope you are enjoying the content we're creating through the Analytic Mind podcast. If you enjoyed this session, make sure to subscribe to the podcast to get notified of each episode as we release them. If you want to learn more about enterprise DNA and the many initiatives we're working on, Check out www.EnterpriseDNA.co. There, we have a range of resources to download, events to attend, and information to explore. We're leading the charge around this new paradigm we're living in, where tools like Power BI can literally change how an organization manages, analyzes, and distributes insights that can make an impact. It's an exciting moment in the analytics space so glad that you're on this journey with us. Take care.